Welcome to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers. Hello and welcome to the Institution of Agricultural Engineers news podcast for July 2020. I'm your host, Andy Newbold, and I am joined today by Marion King, the Institution's Communications Officer. Hello, Marion. Hello, Andy. Um, So what's in the news today then? Well, to start off with, we've got a story about a vertical farm that's about to open in Scotland. It's a story that Farming UK have reported on, and it's predicted that it's going to produce up to 70 tonnes of produce a year. It's definitely a fast growing sector, as we know, apparently worldwide in 2018, it was worth 1.72 billion. Um, Japan and the US are leading the way, but other countries are obviously catching up. Do you think this is the way forward for UK farming? Well, I think given the world we're living in now with with, you know, being in the midst of a global pandemic, how people buy food. is coming under scrutiny like never before, and and I think there's 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 some really strong drivers around vertical farming. And yes, you know the concept vertical farming has been around for a while, and there are some notable um, examples which are successful. But um, people are looking beyond the plate. How's that for a pun? People are looking beyond the plate at the environmental impact of food production. So locally produced food where people are, particularly in urban centres, cuts down on food miles, cuts down on resources. Um, you know, we have a largely urban population in the UK. I mean, I think from a traditional farming perspective, there are um, cultural issues of how we perceive vertical farming. Um, but equally, if most people are living in an urban setting, producing, you know, the, the fast moving, easily perishable goods like peppers, courgettes, tomatoes, lettuce, kale, etc., um, brassicas, in an urban farm environment, you know, cheaply and quickly and locally has got a lot going for it um you know what i mean slightly tongue-in-cheek if we are sort of watching the demise even more so of the high street there's going to be an awful lot of commercial space available in city centers which used to be called pret a or john lewis which will be available for for vertical farm development um it's change isn't it i don't think it's neither good nor bad but it's appropriate in terms of um solutions which suit people where they are um you know, in terms of resource efficiency, I dare say it takes more energy than traditional field production, but it's also not dependent on weather in the slightest. So in terms of consistency, vertical farming in a controlled environment means that you can produce the produce you need to produce at the time you need to produce it, which you can't always guarantee that when you plant a field of potatoes in Fife in in April, shall we say, or or you know, a field of lettuce in Lincolnshire, because none of us know what the weather's going to do. So I think it's, you know, to go with your question, Marion, is this the way forward for UK farming? Um, it's a way forward for some of UK farming, would be my qualified response. Um, yeah, let's go with that. OK, thanks, Andy. Now we've got a nice positive story from JCB. Um, This is published by um, a publication called Diesel Progress in North America. Uh, And they are talking about the fact that JCB has developed um, the first ever hydrogen powered excavator for the construction industry. And apparently in 2015, JCB bought some shares for a controlling stake in ITM Power, which is an energy company. 
that develops hydrogen energy systems and fuel cells. So it's definitely a very interesting investment back then, considering how many industry experts were predicting hydrogen technology's future as a primary fuel source was doubtful with the rise of all these electric cars, etc. So is this just the beginning, do you think, for JCB? I mean, are, will this open the floodgates eventually for agricultural equipment as well? Well, I think it's, it's a given that the vast majority of things which JCB produce have an engine or a power source on them. So I, I think it's a really interesting development. And, you know, we, we're quite used to JCB showing, showing industry leadership, um, be it with their original products in backhoe loaders or with the fast track. And, and I think this is, this is a logical and natural evolutionary step for them in business to say, you know, when they started making engines a while ago, um, you know, to, to say we're going to have to do, do the power a different way. Um, and obviously in comparison to electric cars, you know, whether you've got a full plug-in hybrid or you have a self-charging hybrid, um, electric cars and electric vehicles are still relying on something else to produce the electricity. Um, and be that plugging into the grid, which may still be fossil-powered, fossil or in the case of certainly, you know, Toyota's hybrids, that they are often self-charging with a, with a smaller petrol engine in, in the vehicle. And those options don't really stack up for heavy-duty use machinery, be it a tractor, be it a telehandler, or be it an excavator. So, um, you know, it, it fast becomes clear that having an electric tractor for anything other than light duties um, means the size and the cost of the battery is, is uneconomic, and it still doesn't deal with the original generation of the electricity and that particular carbon footprint. A hydrogen energy system, as far as I'm aware, and again, I offer a disclaimer here that I, I may be completely wrong. As far as I'm aware, hydrogen energy systems and fuel cells um, store the hydrogen and convert it to electricity, which ultimately powers electric motors in the machine. So the actual original source of energy, i.e. the hydrogen, is within the unit, um, which is much more broadly analogous to um compression ignition diesel or pet petrol engines so i i think it's a great way forward for jcb um and irrespective of you know the world economy taking a big hit at the moment and construction taking a large share of that um jcb will continue making product and will continue looking to the future and looking at what society demands of their products and having an alternative fuel as a replacement for diesel in the fullness of time has has got to be a, a far-sighted and wise move um so yeah I think it is just the beginning for JCB. Thank you, Andy. Last month, um, we mentioned um, the effects of the closure, what it would mean for Newton Rigg Agricultural College in Cumbria. The news is now reporting that the college could be saved because the government's launched a review to find new owners. Do you think this is realistic? Is there likely to be someone or a group of people, consortium somewhere, willing to take this on? Well, I think if we look at history, um, Newton Rigg was a standalone agricultural college until um, something like, and I, and I may be wrong with my dates, but I'm going to say 18 or 20 years ago. Um, and, and then in, in due course, it became part of the University of Central Lancashire. And they, you know, to say that history repeats itself, the University of Central Lancashire also has another campus called Myasco College, which was a broadly analogous agricultural college with some forestry and other bits around it and and their owners at that point said why do we need two campuses focusing on the same subject matter which is fair enough um, and Newton Rigg was threatened with closure say 15 years ago um, 
so reasonably recently, at which point Ask and Brian stepped in and said it's a campus which we'd like to take on. So Newton Rig has found a new owner who found a home for it for a number of years. And I appreciate that Ask and, Ask and Brian have done their strategic review and don't feel there's a place for it in their portfolio anymore. But, you know, there is the University of Cumbria, which, as the name suggests, is the, uh, it's the HE establishment for Cumbria, which is on the doorstep. Um, there could be a synergy there. And th there will could be other other organisations involved in education um, in Cumbria who could look at effectively a rural, fairly isolated campus and think that's that's not a bad place to set up shop. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know the answer, obviously, but I do think it's it's a, it will be a really good idea. And I think for for the um, you know for the local economy, for the local farming economy, um, Newton Rig has been a fantastic start you know, um, starting block for people setting off in their careers in agriculture and, and land-based industries. So I do hope that a strategic review by the government will help find some new owners who will uh, help Newton Rig prosper, because we need it as a county, speaking as a Cumbrian. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that, that's me, Marion, really. Okay. Well, Great. Thank, thank you very much today, Marion, for... Um, taking us through the news um we will be back with more um news via next month's podcast via landward so um from marion king and myself thank you very much for listening and we look forward to catching up soon thank you marion thank you andy goodbye for more information visit www.iagri.org you have been listening to landwards the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.